today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Not many pastors can say what I just said and mean it. I love you. <laughs> I don't want to get emotional here, but, but the point is, is that God presented the opportunity and I stepped out in faith and am I so glad that I did. I didn't hesitate. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Ecclesiastes. You won't always see the rewards in this life, but when you place your faith in Jesus and follow Him without reservation, the rewards are sweet. As Pastor J.D. will point out in today's message, when you trust in our Savior and go where He calls you, you can expect to catch glimpses of His goodness even in this broken world. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the Inspired in Truth podcast or download the Inspired in Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in Ecclesiastes chapter 11 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. I don't want to come off like I'm this great man of faith because after I said it, I, I, I kind of went into the fetal position. <laughs> you can like, oh my God, what did I just do? But the Holy Spirit came upon me in the epi, the power of the Holy Spirit. And I said to him, you don't need to list it because you're talking to the buyer on the other end of the phone. We'll buy it. Sold. By the way, how much was the price on it? No, for real. For real. He said, five million. I said, can you do that any lower? He said, four million. (laughs) And as they say, the rest is history. Now, why do I share that? Because if I would have hesitated and waited, it would have been too late. And I would have missed the opportunity. And somebody else would have seized that opportunity. And I got to tell you, I can't even, I can't even think about it because it really messes me up. Because if somebody else got this, well, first of all, (laughs) they would be up here and not me. And I'm looking at all of you, some of you I know and have known for a long time. Some of you are new to the church. We love you. We welcome you. We are so glad that you're here. But I can't imagine someone else having the profound privilege that is mine to be able to have gotten to know you and be up here and teaching the Word of God in this beautiful building. No regrets. You know, I I often say that you know you've made a really good decision when your only regret is that you didn't do it sooner. That's a good decision. You know how it is? When you make a good decision, you think, man, why didn't I do this sooner? That's a good decision. That's kind of the litmus test by which you know whether or not it was a good decision. You know, in Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews says that without faith it is impossible to please God. You know what that means, right? That it's possible to please God. And I don't think there's a one of us here tonight that doesn't want to please God. 
You know what pleases God? Faith. It's the kind of faith, and, and you know, it's really tragic that the word faith movement and false teaching has marred this truth in God's Word. And regrettably, I'll use that word, Christianity has thrown the proverbial baby out with the bathwater. So because we don't want to be lumped in or categorized with or known as the name it, claim it, blab it, grab it group, just if you have enough faith, just name it and claim it. And then we go to the other extreme. And we don't trust God for anything. Oh yeah, no. And, and I, again, please, I'm not this giant man of faith. There were so many times where I just thought to my, and it was really the enemy. And it went something like this. Who do you think you are? You're going to buy that building, even during the renovation of the building. That's a whole nother, it's a miracle. That's not hyperbole. It's an absolute miracle. Those of you that were here, you know that. But even during that, I just thought, man, I, maybe I didn't hear God. Maybe this was me. It's kind of like when God had called me to leave the mainland and come to Hawaii. Of course He did. Here, my Lord, send me. The burden of the Lord, somebody's got to do it. You really have to know that God is calling you to come to the islands, because here's what I didn't know at the time, couldn't know at the time, that all of these guys on the mainland would come here, start a work, only to realize just how difficult it is, and oh my, how expensive it is. And then within about two years, they end up leaving, and they leave a bad taste in people's mouth. Uh, interesting, maybe I need to share this, so I, I will. Right, Lord? So we came here in 2004, total faith. I mean, we could have been rightly accused of just a reckless faith. Like, what are you doing? You had it made in the shade. You have a church already. What are you doing? You live in a beautiful home. You could never afford that in the ministry, but you bought it when you were in the business world. But, you know, you have a beautiful home. What are you doing? Renting a 900 square foot single wall construction, tongue and groove, three bedroom, one bathroom house. <laughs> Termites and cockroaches, no extra charge. We'll throw that in. I was sitting in, the, in that box at the time. This is 2004, and I'm, I'm looking out the window, and it dawned on me that the house with a 5,000 square foot lot size, the house next to me, 5,000 square foot lot size, the house next to me, 5,000 square foot lot size, the three houses combined were still smaller than the house that I had on the mainland. Total faith. And I'm a renter again. I own that house. I'm a renter. Total faith. I remember walking Kailua Beach, lamenting, that's the pastoral 
sanctified word for crying out and complaining, Lord, what have I done? I think I made the biggest mistake of my life. Maybe it was me because I wanted to bring my Kailua girl back to Kailua. You know how they say, you can take the girl out of Kailua, but you cannot take the Kailua out of the girl. I just, maybe it was me just wanting to bring her back to Kailua. It wasn't you, Lord, man, what have I done? Started the church. 25 people. Half of them were my wife's family. I, I, I'm not exaggerating when I say this. I would, in the, wooden pews, we were running this, this church, SDA church, wooden pews, some of you remember, and I, I would speak and it would echo off the empty pews. So I'd say, hey, let's pray, pray, pray. And it was like that for like two years. I'm thinking, wow. But I kept my hands to the plow. And then we got pregnant with our daughter, Noel. In the eighth month of the pregnancy, she was diagnosed with what's known as trisomy 18. The doctors told us that your birth plan is a funeral plan. She has a 50% chance of surviving the birth and then only a 10% chance of seeing her first birthday making it to one year of age. She survived the birth. We took her home. She required round-the-clock care. At the time, I'm working during the day. My wife and I are sleeping in shifts. I had just started the church. 25 people in the church. What's the pastor going to do? Is he going to be like all the rest and bail? Go back to the mainland with his tail between his legs? No, he's not. Yeah, but the death of a child is like every parent's unthinkable nightmare. Surely he's not going to keep pastoring this church. I mean, you know, what for? Just a matter of time. So they just watched. They observed. And when they realized I wasn't going anywhere, (laughs) my daughter dies, and I'm right there every week, faithful. Get my hands to the plow, and they, and they started noticing, wow, he's really committed. And then they committed. And if you were to ask me, at what point did the church begin to grow and God begin to add people to the church, I can tell you almost down to the day. It was after my daughter Noel died, and they saw that I wasn't going anywhere. We're kind of stuck with this guy. <laughs> And that's when they committed. And so I look back in retrospect, and I think, man, had I played it safe, had it made in the shade, somebody else would have came, stepped out in faith, taken the risk, trusted God to do the impossible. It was impossible. And then somebody else, and I can't even think about this, somebody else would have had the privilege of being your pastor. I cannot imagine, cannot imagine my life without you and how much of a privilege it is mine to be the pastor of this amazing church. And it's an amazing church. And it's it's less and less with each passing day, especially in this day. Not many pastors can say what I just said and mean it. I love you. <laughs> I don't want to get emotional here, but, but the point is, 
is that God presented the opportunity and I stepped out in faith. And am I so glad that I did? I didn't hesitate. Verse 7, now from here on to the rest of the chapter, this is where Solomon kind of turns his attention to the young people. And he says, verse 7, truly the light is sweet. Speaking of the excitement of young people. And it is pleasant for the eyes to behold the sun. But, verse 8, if a man lives many years and rejoices in them all, yet let him remember the days of darkness. Wow, this really turned quickly. (laughs) For they will be many. How dark is this? All that is coming is vanity. Solomon, come on, man, these are young people. They've got their whole life ahead of them. I know, that's why I'm telling them this. Why are you telling them this? They're, they're young, they've got their whole life ahead of them. I'm, I'm warning them. Verse 9, Rejoice, O young man, in your youth, and let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. Walk in the ways of your heart, and in the sight of your eyes, but know that for all these... God will bring you into judgment. Therefore, verse 10, remove sorrow from your heart and put evil away from your flesh, for childhood and youth are vanity. What? Wow. Thanks, Uncle Solomon. I think I'll go drink some bleach now. (laughs) Really? It's all vanity. My childhood, my youth, uh, the best years of my life, I'm told, are all vanity. Wow. Think of it this way. Vanity in the sense of your childhood and your youth, young person, will be gone before you know it. Enjoy it while it lasts. You know, parents were told this. I remember before we had children, and it took us 10 years to have children. That was another thing. That's a whole other story for another time. Don't worry, we won't go there tonight. Some of you say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. But before your parents, I'm sure you were like us told that you enjoy them while they're young because they grow up fast. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it happens. Just talking to my daughter on the way here tonight, 13 years old. Oh my goodness, where did the time go? It was just yesterday, <laughs> you know. I was changing your diaper, and what, what happened? I blinked, and you, you grew up. Basically, he's, he's saying that flipped around to the young person. You know, as, as your parents, for us older people, it goes by fast. Well, guess what? It goes by fast for you too. And not only is he saying, (laughs) Uncle Solomon, not only is he saying, hey, it goes by fast, you better seize the opportunity now. What opportunity? Oh, the opportunity to live for the Lord and serve the Lord while you're young. Because here's what's going to happen, and you'll regret it. It's not going to be long. Before you know it, in a blink of the eye, you're going to be older. And if you didn't serve the Lord or live for the Lord when you were younger, 
pretty good chance you're not going to do it when you're older. Because what happens when you're older? Well, for one thing, gravity happens. That's, you know, part of it, a big part of it. But man, you just, I, I think back to when I was younger. Oh my goodness, I had so much energy. Oh, I mean, isn't it true when you're young, you're invincible. There's, you have all this energy and it's, it's hormonal, you know. And as you get older, the hormones just go bye-bye. You don't have the energy. You don't have the, the, the drive and you get settled. You know how we say it? You know, older people are set in their ways. Or how about this saying, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. I hate that one, by the way, just saying. Can't, can't teach an, an old dog. I'm an old dog now, huh? Yeah, can't teach you new tricks because you're an old dog. Wow. Bark, bark, rough, rough. It's almost like this. He's saying, I don't want you, I'm trying to spare you of getting to the end of your life and looking back on your life and having this painful regret of not taking advantage of your younger years. You you didn't seize the opportunity when you're young, and so now that you're no longer young, (laughs) what constitutes young? Well, you can, I guess it's relative. You know, a a 40-year-old looks at a 60-year-old, and they're younger. I'll take that. You're 50, they're 70, you're younger. I'll take that. You know, the 70-year-old's looking at the 50-year-old, oh, to be young again. Me? Yeah. I'm 50. I know. You're still young. You know how, remember, someone says, how old are you? Wow, you're just a kid. Just a kid? I'm 35 years old. I'm just a kid? Yeah, they're 80. So you're just a kid to them. Let me close this way. I look back on the 38 years I've been walking with the Lord, and without exception, I regret the many opportunities that the Lord presented that I did not act on, and now it's gone. I can never have that opportunity again. And that's a regret. I don't live in the past. You know, the, the godly sorrow, it has no regrets. But there is a, a worldly sorrow and a, a worldly regret that can set in. And sometimes I think it's healthy to not dismiss it because it's the sobering reality of our lives. I have yet to talk to anyone who was on their deathbed about to breathe their last breath in this life and their first breath in eternity. I have yet to hear anyone say to me, I wish I would have spent more time working. I regret not working harder. No, it's always, I regret not serving the Lord more when I was younger. I regret not spending more time with my family when I was younger. You know, uh, great men of God, have been asked at the end of their lives, before they went home to be with the Lord, what would you do if you could do it over again? And you know that their answer was the same across the board. You know what their answer was? This is sobering. Talk about sobering, convicting. 
to a man. These are men mightily, and women too, mightily used of God. When asked, what would you do differently if you had to do it over again? And without exception, their answer was, I wish I would have prayed more. Oh, man, I, that gets me. What? You wish you would have prayed more? Look at you. You're a man of God. You're a woman of God. Mightily used of God. And that's your regret? Yeah. Solomon is saying, I want to spare you. Think about how many regrets he had at the end of his life. What he had wasted away. All that God had given him. To whom much is given, much is required. And he wasted it. And he's, he's drinking from the bitter cup of regret because of it. And he cares enough, and this is why God inspired him to write this and include this in the canon of Scripture, so that we have it in our Bibles, in the pages of Holy Writ. It's to spare us needless regret and sorrow for a life wasted. One last thing. How many things in your life are you enjoying the fruit of because you took a risk and trusted God and you seized the opportunity? Think about that. Maybe that's the takeaway for all of us tonight. I would suggest for some of us, that's a pretty lengthy list. And Philippians 4 verses 6 through 8, Paul says, the way to worry about nothing is to thank God for everything and pray about anything. And then the peace of God will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And then he goes on in verse 8 to say, think on these things. And he starts listing the things to think, think on. Uh, that which is pure, which is noble, of a good report. Why? Because the more you, th and by the way, the word thank comes from the word think. The more you think about it, the more you realize how much you have to be thankful for. Have you ever just sat down and whether it's on your computer or pen and paper, just started listing all of the things that you have to be thankful for, especially in this day and age? Well, make that list, however long it is and however long it takes. And then go back over that list and note everything on that list that was presented by the Lord as an opportunity to you and you seized it. And flip it around. This is good. This is a healthy thing to do. Flip it around. What if I didn't? What if I didn't? You've been listening to another edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. One of the biggest lessons we learn from Ecclesiastes is this. You can have everything the world has to offer. The money, the most desirable job, the perfect family, but at the end of the day, none of those things truly matter. The only lasting thing that matters is who you put your hope in. All the riches in the world will never bring you the happiness you seek. Only Jesus can give you that. So seek Him. Maybe today you're hearing about Jesus for the first time. If that's the case, we have a resource we'd like to point you to. Visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and click on the ABCs of salvation. 
This will give you the basics of what it means to be a Christian and why it's so important to give your life to Jesus. If you have any questions, please connect with us by clicking on Contact under About. Or come visit us this weekend at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. All the information you need is at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. You can hear more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings from many books of the Bible at our website, too. Or download our mobile app to listen wherever you are, whenever you want. We'd also like to invite you to check out Pastor J.D.'s weekend update, the Mid-East Prophecy Update. In these updates, Pastor J.D. takes a look at the news and events happening around the globe and compares them to the prophecies of the Bible. You'll find these updates on our mobile app as well as on our website. Again, that's in spiritandtruthradio.com. That's all we have time for today. Thanks for joining us for In Spirit and Truth.